How different would your life be if your soul was whole? That's a question I want us to think about. How different would our lives be if our souls were whole? I'm not talking about our spirits, okay? Sometimes we confuse spirits with souls. I'm not talking about our spirits. I'm talking about our soul. The Bible describes our soul as being our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's, that's our soul. It's also referred to as like the control center of who we are, our soul. Have you ever felt like you wanted to make progress with Christ? Like you truly wanted to grow in the Lord. You wanted to go further in your spiritual journey. But for some reason, you just couldn't. Have you ever said, I'm stuck in my relationship with God. I want more, but I just can't go deeper. And if I'm being honest, it's not just my relationship with God, but I, sometimes I feel that way about my relationships with others as well. Well, today we are beginning a new series called Soul Care and Freedom. And Jesus has given us a very specific goal. And that's to gain wholeness for our souls so that we can grow in relationship with God and others. To gain wholeness for our souls so that we can grow in relationship with God and others. I want you to know that this next statement I'm about to make, I, I, it's, it's a bold statement, but I, I believe it wholeheartedly. This might be the most important series you've ever been a part of. This might be the most important series I've ever preached. Because God wants us whole. God wants us operating in a place of freedom. And the enemy wants us bound. The enemy wants us down. The enemy wants, wants our hope to be ripped from us. Our vision to be cloudied. Our walk to be muddied. Us to, for it to be exhausting just to move a single foot forward. And God wants us free. He wants us free. Not mired down in muck, but dancing and free and running. And fighting and winning. For over two years, the Lord has been trying to get my attention on this matter. On this topic of caring for our souls and walking in freedom. Do you guys remember Joe and Sandy before, before Sandy took a position at a university in Houston? Joe and Sandy Morris? Okay, Joe bought me a book before he left. That's how long, and that book was on this topic. That's how long the Lord has been trying to get my attention. But I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I'm dense. Sometimes I'm slow. I just am. Sometimes I, I don't get it. Sometimes I have to tell my wife, baby, you just got to spell it out for me. I'm, I'm not catching any of the hints. I'm a, uh, Just spell it out. I, I'm slow sometimes. For the past year, our pastoral team, which is myself and my wife, Kara, and Andy and Kim, we have been diligently seeking God for His truth 
on how to break out of the restrictive mud of stagnation. For the past year, we have been seeking God for clarity from the fog of uncertainty and for breakthrough from the deceptive comfort of the shallow waters. The deceptive comfort of the shallow waters. God doesn't want us in the shallow waters. Shallow waters are for children. They're not for adults. And he wants to give us boldness and freedom to dive into the deep. In this series, we're going to look at spiritual principles that Jesus teaches that will allow us to experience depth, intimacy, healing, and freedom. Think of your soul as a suitcase. David, would you grab that for me, please? Let's think of our souls as a suitcase. This would mean that my soul is a really bright, somewhat obnoxious orange (laughs) suitcase. And and I I seriously considered getting the the bright, obnoxious pink suitcase because you don't miss that when you're at the airport. But I don't miss this one either. So just don't buy black. Black's cool, but not when you're in a sea of other suitcases at the airport. So think of our soul as a suitcase. And if the suitcase of our soul, which by the way, this is nice and full. If the suitcase of our soul is packed with things like anger, resentment, hurt, pain, sin, disappointment, angst, fear, lies. If that's what our soul was packed with, and this looks pretty stuffed, right? And if if it's packed with those things I listed, that's pretty stuffed, right? And if the suitcase of our soul is packed with those kind of things, then what don't we have? Then we don't have room. Then we don't have room for the good stuff. Then our soul doesn't have room for joy. Our soul doesn't have room for peace, for hope, for adventure. for courage, for love. See, our soul is not this infinite, our soul is not this, this infinite thing. It's, there's a finite matter to it. And if we want the good, then we've got to get rid of the bad. The only way for us to create more space and have room for these things and all the goodness of God is to unpack the suitcase of our souls. You guys, the principles that we're going to go over every week in this series will be practical, powerful principles. How's that for alliteration? Practical, powerful principles that will help us in unpacking our souls. This is not daunting. You know why it's not daunting? Because the things that we're going to talk about all throughout these series are the things that are done in the presence of God. 
See, this is not about changing behavior and this is not about a task list. I don't care how full this is. This is about Jesus. And this is about that he is bigger than any of the heavy and hard stuff in here. This is about Jesus and about being aware of his presence and letting him do what he so desperately wants to do. Letting him do what in fact he has already paid the price on the cross to do. But we packed this and we continue to pack. And he says, I'm just asking you to unpack. So if you feel stuck, if you feel like your relationship with God is stuck, if you feel like your spiritual journey with the Lord is stuck, then these biblical principles are pathways of healing and freedom for you. And that's what this series is about. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for me. I'm excited for you. There won't be very much of you, you, you in this series. I'm excited for me. I'm excited to be reminded how good our God is and also how easy it is to pack our souls with things that have no place being there. So do you ever see someone who has something that you want? Back in 2000, this was right before uh, our, our oldest child, Acacia, was born. We were serving at a church under Pastor Alan Judy Keach. And uh, it went through many name changes, but at the time it was called Metro Denver Church on the Rock. And I kept seeing people that went through this process of healing and freedom. And I kept seeing the results of this. And I saw freedom and I saw joy and I saw vulnerability and I saw transparency and I saw intimacy with God. And I saw something I wanted and I said, I, I know that, that I haven't been the squeaky wheel, but I'm just letting you know, Pastor Al, I'm being the squeaky wheel right now. Karen, I want to go through this process of ministry and we want to be healed up. We, especially before our, our daughter is born. It was just, there was a sense of urgency. So we sought out that healing. And there were things that we had to unpack. I want to declare something that's absolutely needed in the midst of this series. And it might scare you at first, but God will bring peace to you. And perfect love will cast out that fear. And if we'll let him, then, then that fear won't have any place. But I'm going to let you know that in the midst of this process, what is absolutely needed is 100% honesty with God. 100% transparency with God. When Kara and I went through this process in 2000, we had to we had to be honest and vulnerable with the Lord and with Pastor Al about some of the things that, that were packed into our soul. Sin, divorce, poverty, failure, disappointment, hurt, betrayal, rebellion, self-reliance, anger. And we had to, we had to, we had to come clean. 
In fact, Pastor Al said, you're wasting your time, my time, and God's time if you, if you think you can only be partially honest. See, the Bible says, confess your sins one to another so that you might be whole. So that your soul might be whole. That's, what, that's the point we're making in this series. So we were. We were brutally honest. I say brutally because it was hard for us. Only temporarily hard. Only temporarily hard. Only in that, that unpacking phase. But see, that, that suitcase of our soul... It didn't stay empty. Now, there was a lot of stuff there. Some stuff that you look at and you go, that, that has value? I mean, that's, that's still kind of new. I mean, this is pretty. I mean, it's Nike. Just do it. I mean, it's... And we, we went through this process of just identifying things that were in our soul that were taking up room. Where that we just weighed the cost and said, do I want this here in lieu of joy? Is this taking up valuable room in my soul for peace? Is this preventing me from really walking in the fullness of healing? Is this right here? And that, that's great. But is this a form of unforgiveness? Have I forgiven this person? Am I still blaming this person? Am I still blaming me? And we had to go through and and it was a process. It wasn't a one-off. This doesn't happen in an hour. This doesn't happen in a day. This is a commitment to take a look inside our soul and to say there's a lot of stuff here. All that fit in here. It doesn't stay empty. But it can't be partially full either. We have got to trust the Lord with our all. He is Lord and Savior. And He can't just be Savior. See, He can't just be, He can't just have just died for my sins, but me still keep it in my soul, keep it in this hidden place. Okay? That does not make Him Lord. That only makes Him Savior. That does not make Him the boss. I gotta get rid of it. Now, some of you are probably already twitching and losing your mind because I've created a mess over here. And you're like, what the heck? Is the Lord just going to leave this mess? Am I just going to have this mess in my life? Mark, you've made a mess. Good for you that it's empty, but you have made a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, life is messy. 
Yes, sin is messy. Hurt is messy. Betrayal is messy. But you know what's cool? He didn't ask me to clean up the mess. What He asks me to do is to get it out there and to trust the Holy Spirit to come through and to clean up the mess. As a matter of fact, I can walk away from it. I, I got it out. I can walk away. And the Holy Spirit will come in and He will take those garments of death and He'll take them away. He'll take them away. They won't be in my sight. They won't be in my heart. They won't be a reminder right there in front of me. It won't be this pile of garbage. But see, I got to take that pile of garbage to the street on Thursdays, we take our, our garbage out and the garbage man doesn't come in my house to get it. He doesn't go into each room to get it. I've got to take it to the street. And the same is true with God. I've got to take the heaviness, the sin, the rebellion, the shame, the hurt, the anger, the pain, the fear, and I got to take it out. And it's usually not a dump. It's not a dump. It's a process of just patiently, one at a time, getting rid of it. And see, God is so cool this way because He says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far He takes our sin from us. I don't have to worry about what the Holy Spirit does with it. The Holy Spirit takes it. I don't have to worry. What mess? There's not a reminder of those things. When we give it to the Lord, He takes it. So how do we get this thing filled back up? We spend time in His presence. And once again, this is not a task-oriented, behavior-changing message. We spend time with Him. But for a lot of us, that does not come naturally. Thank you, Monica. You make a wonderful Holy Spirit. <laughs> I wanted to grow. I wanted to grow. I wanted to be free. But for some reason, I was stuck. And so in 2000, I went through this process. And it was week after week after week after week. And after we had identified open doors that we had allowed to the enemy, we said, no more, Satan, you got to go. You're not welcome here. And the Lord started filling me up. He started filling me up. And you know what? It's not the same process of Him filling us up as it is of us emptying our soul. Because He is God and He can do whatever He wants. But when I'm with Him, there's unseen things that are taking place in my soul. When I am with Him, I grow in ways that I can't see and that I'm not trying to measure. But I just intentionally decide to be with Him. When I am with Him, hope arises. When I am with Him, and I say no to putting 
new stuff back in because that's constantly the case, you guys. I'm like, ah, this is, this has got to go in there. This has got to go in there. And that's what we do. And we take other things and, and, and we, there's this battle. And the Lord goes, what? That's, no, no, that's not any good. I don't want that in there. So that was 2000. Praise God, I'm free. Just a one-time deal, right? Just one and done, right? That was 2000, I'm good. But then the heaviness of life comes and then other hurts come and then betrayal comes and then other disobedience and sin comes and other ways that we rebel against God. We know what He says to do and we know what His Word says, but that's not what I want to do. I want my will my will, part of my soul, my will, and so I keep on my will be done, not thy will be done. And next thing you know, you know, it needs to be emptied again. You know how you can, you can tell when your soul is in need of, of being healed, of being cared for, when, when it's in need of a tune-up. You know, when I find myself, I'll just personalize this. When I find myself sharp, that's when I know that my my soul, I need to look inside and say, Lord, what is it that's there that's that's taking the place of of kindness? So what needs to go? And he'll show you. Lord, what hurts have I not ran to you with you? Say, blessed are those who mourn. for They will be comforted by you. But Lord, what have I just swallowed and put behind me and not dealt with? Because it was hard. And so now, because I haven't trusted you with my heart in mourning, I'm carrying something in my soul and I'm seeing it in different ways. I'm seeing it manifesting in different ways. And then things happen, you know, that are hard with my kids and they go through hardships and I, I take that on and I think I'm the strong one and I and I think I've got to carry that and that goes into my suitcase of my soul because I'm not running to the Lord with it. I'm thinking, I'm the dad, I gotta be strong. I'm the mom, I gotta be strong. Instead of saying, Jesus, you're the strong one, I gotta run to you. So what we're doing in this series is equipping you. Because soul care is not a one and done. It's not a one-time thing. Freedom is not a, hey man, Jesus paid for it, so now you got it and you don't ever have to worry about it again. Friends, we have to contend for our freedom. We have to contend for our faith. Can someone hand me a tissue so so I don't have uh, like nose tears coming down? Thank you. It's <laughs> awesome. There we go. for our soul. We have to contend for our freedom. Jesus says, above all else, guard your heart. There's a contending that we have to do. And the beautiful thing is, time with the Lord is what's is where that, that warfare takes place. 
Now, time with the Lord in the Word is wonderful because God speaks some amazing things. And time with the Lord in prayer is awesome because we get to talk to Him and He talks to us. And it's this awesome conversation and connection. Time with the Lord in singing is awesome because it lifts our spirit. But I want you to know, guys, this is not about tasks. And even though those things are all wonderful, they can at times feel like tasks. You're asking me to do more tasks. You're asking me to do more. You're telling me I'm not enough. Because that's what the enemy lies. That's what the enemy tells us. You're not enough. You're not doing enough. You need to be doing more. So here's what I'm saying. Is we need to be with the Lord. Last night for an exercise, I, said, I set my timer for 10 minutes. And I said, Lord, I'm going to be silent with you for 10 minutes. I'm just going to be in solitude with you for 10 minutes. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to pray in the Spirit. I'm not going to read. I'm just going to be with you. I'm not going to close my eyes. I'm not going to meditate on a chunk of Scripture. I'm just going to be with you for 10 minutes. And I set my timer. And luckily, it was a really cool moon, real crescent moon. And I was outside, and I'm, I'm looking, and, and I was bundled up. And it was wonderful. And then, and I did real good for eight minutes. And then at eight minutes, I go, ooh, I got to call Kara. She's, or I got to text Kara. She's going to be home soon. And I pulled out my phone to text Kara. And I saw that I had a timer. And I'm like, oh, two minutes left. And I stuck it back in there. And then the timer went off at two minutes. And I just stayed there. Because I, I was like, this is so nice. See, religion would say that was worthless, what I did. That I did nothing, that I accomplished nothing, that what is that? You didn't do anything, Mark. You didn't have any sort of religious service to God. You didn't pray. You weren't in his word. You weren't singing or exalting him or anything. But I'm telling you right now that it had so much value because my heart was firmly set on him. I couldn't help myself saying, God, you're good. And then I'd silence myself. I'm like, I just want to be silent before you. Because if you've got this, if you've got something remarkable, I don't want to miss it because I'm talking. I just want to be with you. But I wasn't asking him to talk to me. I was just being with him. One of my most beloved scriptures is this, Isaiah 53, 5. I'm going to read it in the New King James because that's how I learned it. And then I want to read it in the New Living Translation also. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So I want to read this scripture again. I want to read the verses that were on either side of it. And I want to read it in the New Living because I really love the way it just unpacks it. And as I read this, I want you to have our theme in mind. I want you to have the theme of healing our souls in mind as I read this, okay? So Isaiah 53, 3-6. Jesus was despised and rejected. Anybody here ever been rejected? Does that relate to anybody? He was a man of sorrows. What about that? Does that resonate? Jesus was acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. That's rejection. 
He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness He carried. It was our weakness He carried. It was our sorrows that weighed Him down. And we thought His troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for His own sins. But He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've all strayed away. All of us. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Yet the Lord laid upon Jesus our sins. Jesus paid the price for me so that I could be whole. Jesus paid the price for you so that you could be whole. Too many times we read that and we only think that applies to a physical healing when God did not make us just physical beings. We are a spirit that has a body and contains a soul. God wants us whole. Hebrews 12 says this. This is verse 1 and 2. Let us also lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely. That's what I was doing, right? I was reaching into this suitcase. I was laying aside every weight and every sin that sidetracks us, that clings to us, that tries to stick. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This series, we will pause on Easter and we will give an Easter message. We will pause on Mother's Day because I want to say like the Mother's Day theme would have been like rejection or something. We're not going to do rejection on Mother's Day. We're not going to do that. We ain't doing it. And this is going to take us into May. As far as I can see, there's 13 topics that we have planned to cover, but it's all submitted to the Holy Spirit. We're all it's submitted to Him. I will be preaching, Andy will be preaching, Kara will be preaching, Pastor Al Keach will be preaching, and Dave Powers will be preaching. Dave might do a couple messages. And it all has a goal of seeing us, seeing our souls healed so that we can have a close relationship with God and with others. Could someone back there in the sound booth, I have the journals and the stickers. I want to explain the journals and the stickers real quick. We've made journals for all of the adults and all the teens, children. I'm sorry, this isn't for you. You'll be in class, so you won't get one of these. This is for every adult 
and for every teen. And here's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to make a commitment to come and attend this series. And I understand, um, we're not asking like every week. We'd love it if you could be there every week, but we understand life sometimes makes that like impossible. I get it. We get it. But here's what we're asking. We're asking you to not schedule things on Sundays and come during this time. And we have these journals, and these journals, here's why we have those. They're not just to take notes. Uh, they, thank you. Where did, all right. Okay. You swiped them? Is that what you said? No. You were told to. I want all of them. I want all. He said, he's like, yeah, I thought he said he swiped some. I'm like, wow, that's like a public confession. Thou art forgiven. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ethan. So we have these journals and we have these stickers. And it's cool because Kim, Kim, Kim Smith referred to these as gold stars. She's like, I like the gold stars. I get a gold star for coming. And, and it's, if you like gold stars, you can think of it as a gold star. But we have hundreds of these stickers. And here's what we're going to do. Every week when you come, you get a new sticker. And it's not meant to be a gold star, but you can, it can be a gold star. It's meant to go somewhere in your journal or on your journal as a reminder that you are taking steps towards healing. You are taking steps towards your soul being whole. You can look at it and say, I'm, I'm gaining ground. I'm getting there. I gave that to the Lord. I gave that to the Lord. I grew in this. So here's what we're going to do. We're not just going to hand them to you. We don't want to just hand them to you. We're going to we're going to pray. We're going to lay hands on every person in this place that that wants one, that wants to be a part of the series that is going to strive to come and and we're going to pray over you and, and we're going to pray something like this. Lord, would you show Kara the things that you want her to give to you, the things you want her to unpack from her soul, the things you want her to be healed from. Brian, could you come on up? Lord, could you show her what you want to do? Lord, could you prophetically speak over this person what you want to do so that we can look for it, Lord, so that we we can see what you're doing and then celebrate and praise you, Lord God, when you've done it. And then we're going to believe the Lord to speak to you in your time with him. He's going to bring things to your heart. And this is your journal. And he's going to bring some things that might be heavy. He's going to bring some hurts that might be heavy. And he's saying, I want you to trust me with that. It's taken up valuable room where I want to bring joy and I want to bring peace and I want to bring healing. So I need you to trust me with that. And I want you to write it down. And he's going to say, this right here, I, I, I told you again and again and again, not, I don't want you to do that, that that's going to bring death. And now it's packed in your soul and it's this heavy thing you're lugging around. I want you to give me that. I want you to repent of that. I want you to turn from that. I, I want you to throw it out. And I want you to write it down. 
So we're going to pray over every person. I, I went to an Episcopal church for a while. I was youth director there, and it was it was high church. It was big, gorgeous, cross-shaped church. And every week we'd come forward for communion, and we'd kneel, and you know they'd put the wafer, and they'd say, "Mark, well, Father Thompson, he was Scottish, so I'm going to try and do Scottish." He'd say, "Mark, this is the body of Christ that was broken for you." Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to say the rest because that's that. I and this is the blood, and I'd. And I take it. So we're going to do that. We're going to ask you guys. So we've asked, our team has been praying for you guys. So team, why don't you guys go ahead and come on up and just line the front. And um, we're all ready and equipped to to pray over you guys. And, uh, oh, you're so thoughtful, Peter. Peter, you're so wonderful. I'm serious. I love that dude. He's a thoughtful dude, man. Um. Can you grab the, the handheld? It's somewhere. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we're going we're gonna to pray. So we just want a person to come to one of the team members. They're going to pray over you. They're going to give you, um, they're gonna give you a, a book. But, but let's, we, can, we can grab the books or on the way out, however you guys want to do it. And then you get one sticker because you're here today. One sticker. Um, before we do that, we pray for you guys. The Lord gave Andy a really cool word. And um, Andy's going to share that. So, yeah, during worship, uh, the Lord just gave me this picture. And, I mean, Mark uh, explained it beautifully in the, in the suitcase, but maybe you're not a traveler. Maybe uh, you're more of a hands-on construction kind of person. So, But uh, the Lord just showed me this picture of somebody, um, and they had, you know, brick and trowel and, and mud, and, and it just felt daunting. Like, going through this process, they're like, I have to do all this stuff, and I have to build all this stuff. And the Lord said, no, this isn't about building. This is demolition. And if you've ever built something or taken something apart, you know that there's work in demolition, but it's the easier work. It's, it's not a skilled work. It's an easier work. It's much easier to tear something down than it is to build something up. Any, any one of us in this room could tear this wall down, but maybe not all of us could build it. And then the Lord reminded me in his word that it says that the, that the stone that the builder has rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Yeah. And guys, in our lives, before we trust in Jesus and we know Him as Lord and Savior, we build. We build. And we're not building with Jesus. So what we're building is sketchy. It, it, you know? Even the, the most masterful craftsman among us is nothing compared to Jesus. Yeah. So what He's asking for us in this time is just to join with Him in tearing down what we've built up. Making Him the chief cornerstone and allowing Him to do the hard work and to build the beautiful house on the solid foundation. Yeah. So that's what this is about, guys. It's, it's not building. It's unpacking. It's, it's demolition. It's tearing down. Yeah. So just look at it in that light. I just want to encourage you guys with that. Ah, that's so good.